He tells us to repent by acknowledging the truth of the word of God concerning us. Amen. Now, but the Bible tells us something about how to deal corporately when a believer falls into sin amongst us. Does it mean that we just, you know, turn our back and do as if and act as if nothing has happened? All in the name of all, we don't want to be working for the devil who is the accuser of the brethren. No. Does that mean that we just let anything go within the body? I want us to answer that question tonight. Amen. As much as time will permit us. What does the scripture say about it? Okay. Praise God. So let's see a scripture in 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians and chapter 5 where Paul the Apostle dealt with something like this. Okay? Because a, a Christian can act like an unbeliever. It does not make him an unbeliever. Neither does it change God's mind towards the Christian. No? Remember, the forgiveness that we have in Christ Jesus, according to Colossians chapter 1, Ephesians chapter 1, okay, the forgiveness that we have in Christ Jesus is a one was given to us as a gift. We also saw it in Acts 11, Acts 15, you know, about the gift of forgiveness and repentance. It was given, it is a gift that is given to the Christian. So God does not forgive us over and over and over and over again. Hallelujah. Or else, that means that the sacrifice of Jesus will have to be repeated severally. No, it was done once. We are given that eternal salvation once. Jesus even said in John chapter 6, in verse uh, 35, John 6, verse 35, talking about himself. Okay, let's put our hands in that first Corinthians chapter, chapter, uh, uh, chapter 5. We're going to come back to it. Amen. Please, if you can hear me, please. If you can hear me, please indicate if you can hear me. Please let me know if you can hear me in the chat room. Just send a message if you can hear me. Can anyone hear me? Okay. Okay, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. So, John chapter 6, in John chapter 6, Jesus said something, talking about himself. He said, Jesus said unto them, 
Okay? Talking about him being the bread of life. He said, I am the bread of life. He was comparing them to Moses. He said, Moses is not giving the true bread that came from, you know. He said, I am the true bread. That's in verse 32. Okay? He said, Moses is not giving the bread that came from heaven. So, but my father has given me the bread. Okay? And the bread of God is he. So, which means that the bread of God is a person. Okay? Then he now said in verse 5, I am the bread of life. He that comes to me shall never hunger. He that believes on me shall never thirst. That's a very that's a very interesting scripture. It says, he that comes to me, he that believes on me, he that comes to me will never thirst hunger. Anyone that believes on me will never thirst. So which means that eating that, that bread means to believe in Jesus. And it says that when we believe in him, so we will never thirst again. We will never. So, be, so it's not that you'll be thirsty now, you'll be filled now, and then you'll be thirsty again. Praise God. That's very, and you know, that really punches a, you know, a hole in some of the prayers that we pray. I say, well, let's be thirsty for the Lord. Let's, I'm hungry for you, Lord. I'm thirsty for you. I'm feel my hunger for you, Lord. Amen. Jesus said, anyone that believes in me will never thirst me. So it is something that is done once. Not that he will be, he said he will never thirst again. Hallelujah. So that you have received Jesus means that you will never thirst again. There will be ne no need to be thirsty or hungry for God because you already have him. Hallelujah. So it tells us that everything that Jesus did, I mean, what Jesus did for us, he did it and he did it was a permanent work. The sacrifice was once and for all. Glory to God. The salvation was once and for all. Glory to God. Amen. Jesus doesn't have to die over and over and over again. Amen. It was, it was perfect sacrifice, unlike that of the Old Testament that they had to do and repeat year by year. Hallelujah. 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 So God, therefore, does not change his mind about us, even when the believer sins. However, how do we deal with the issue of sin? Do we not just say, oh, well, because Jesus, God has forgiven me, therefore I can act and no. Hallelujah. The Bible tells us, gives us the answer. First Corinthians, I know this question has been on the mind of a number of us since the beginning of this series of teachings. So let's just address, address it so that you and I will be able to, it will, the knowledge of this will enhance our, it will enable us to deal appropriately with the accusations of the devil. Amen. Because satanic accusations bring condemnation. And where there is condemnation, 
what will happen, it will affect our confidence towards God. We saw a scripture last week, first journal in chapter three, where he say, tells us that if our hearts condemn us, he says, God is greater than our hearts. But if our heart does not condemn us, then we have confidence towards God. Praise God. So the heart of the Christian being condemned. Now, if your heart is condemning you, when it says God is greater than our heart, it means that the sacrifice of Jesus and all that God has done, God's mindset is what is what he wants you to acknowledge so that you will be able to get out of that condemnation. Hallelujah. And you don't allow the devil to use it to harass you. But how do we deal with brethren who are persistently, you know, not acknowledging the truth? Let's look at it. First John chapter, sorry, uh, First Corinthians chapter 5. He says it is reported commonly that there is fornication among you. And such fornication as is not so much as named among the Gentiles, that one should have his father's wife. Now, it can be fornication, it can be any other thing. Sin is sin. Amen. But so I said, it's so great that, I mean, even unbelievers, when they hear it, they're like, ah, ah, ah. This one is serious, and you call yourself a Christian, things like that. He now said, look at verse 2. He said, and you are puffed up and have not rather mourned that he that has done this deed might be taken away from among you. So he's saying that the church, not just the individual, not just the person that committed the sin, okay, but that the church itself has not dealt with it. Rather, the church is puffed up. Oh, well, you know, it doesn't concern us all. Well, Jesus has paid the price for his sin, you know, you know, and wallowing, I mean, just self-exalting themselves, you know, ignorantly in the name of who they are in Christ Jesus. So he says, rather, you should mourn. You should, you should feel bad. Amen. Hallelujah. It does not mean, he said, it does not mean that that person is no longer a child of God. But he now says that this is what you are supposed to do. He said you are supposed to take away that person from among you. I know traditionally when this scripture is read, you know, I remember, you know, many years ago, I think when I was in secondary school, you know, what would they start and uh, oh, that this person should, should and, I mean, this person should just die, you, should, you, should, you know, or you should, uh, you should uh, uh, what do you, exterminate, what's that word now? Uh, when you drive somebody out of, from amongst you, Amen. We need to understand what the scripture means here by taking away from amongst you. Some some have said, well, it means to, I mean, the person should just die and go to heaven. You know, but let's read on. Let's read on what exactly does Paul mean by this. He said, for I verily, I verily as absent in the body, but present in spirit, have judged already as though I was present concerning him that has done this deed. Amen. So, did you see that? Paul said he has judged already. So, which means that believers, as believers, we should 
judge ourselves when we need to. Amen. We judge ourselves. We judge ourselves. We judge amongst ourselves. If anyone has done wrong or is persisting in wrongdoing, you know, we ought to judge the person. We have the liberty in Christ Jesus to judge the person. Amen. We don't just keep quiet. Paul said, hey, you guys, you have, you have condoned this and you have puffed up. You have puffed up instead of, instead of mourning. Paul said, I have judged the person already. No, so if Paul says he has judged the person, it means already, and the person is still alive, then it means that that judgment did not result in death. Did you hear that? Apostle Paul's judgment did not, it means Apostle Paul's judgment did not result in death. Glory to God. It didn't result in death. So we cannot, we should not say, oh, that Christian, you know, he should, he, we, we, we should kill him or he, or he should die and go to heaven prematurely. No. Praise God. Our judgment, he said, I've already judged him. Now, let's read on. Let's to further understand it. He said, in the name of our Lord Jesus, when you are gathered together in my spirit with the power of the Holy Ghost, with the power of our Lord Jesus Christ, to deliver such an one unto Satan for the destruction of the flesh that the spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus Christ. So we further read this. Paul says that, hey, this is what you're supposed to do. You are to deliver the person unto Satan. Someone says, yes. That means, ah, so that he will kill his flesh. So that it means that that's talking about death, that the person should die. <laughs> Amen. Paul, 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 why will Paul's judgment not be to death? Why? Because the Bible tells us that we are not ministers of death. Amen. Look at it. Second Corinthians in chapter 3, the Bible tells us that God has made us able ministers of the New Testament, not of the letter, but of the spirit. For the letter killeth, but the spirit gives life. So the our ministry is to give life. But here, Paul is saying that we should judge the person. Okay? How do we judge the person? When the person is judged, the person should be handed over to Satan. What does that mean? Handing over to Satan. Are you saying that, oh, Satan should, you say, oh, we hand you over to Satan now. Satan, deal with him seriously. <laughs> God can never use his enemy to punish his children. Amen. In fact, he doesn't punish. Amen. Why? Because Jesus has already been judged. Our sins have been judged in Christ. Hallelujah. But then, when the believer sins, Instead of allowing accusations of the devil, how do we deal with it? He says we should hand him over to Satan. Why? What will happen? He says that for the destruction of the flesh, amen, whatever delivering to Satan means is supposed to handle that attitude. 
that fleshly tendency. Praise the Lord. That fleshly tendency of the of that of that Christian. Okay, that sinful habit that that person, that Christian, you know, has not repented of. He's supposed to deal with it. So is Satan now going to be our delivering agent? Oh no. Obviously, it must be a figure of speech. Because at no time did we ever see Jesus hand over literally, you know, anyone that offended to, to Satan. No, he never did it. Praise God. The apostles also never did it. So what do we mean? Let's read on. It's in that verse of scripture. I mean, it's in that chapter. What does it mean? Praise God. He says in verse 6, for your glory is not good. Know ye not that a little living leavens the whole lump? Punch out therefore the old living. Remember, he said in verse 2, said the person should be taken away from among you. Then he said in verse 5, to deliver such a person to Satan. Amen. So taking the person being taken away from among you will also mean the same thing as delivering the person to Satan will also mean the same thing as purging the old living. Hallelujah. Now, what does he mean? Let's read on. He says uh, in verse 9, on, next on Sunday, we'll look at uh, uh, some more of verse 6, 7, and all that. But let's go straight to verse 9. He says, I wrote unto you in an epistle. He still, remember, he's still dealing with the same matter. He's not talking about anything different right now. Amen. He has a switched subject. Still the same subject of dealing with Christians who are not living right. Okay? He said, I wrote unto you in an epistle in verse 9, not to company with fornicators. You see that? He said, I wrote unto you not to company with fornicators. Let me look. Let's, let's see what it says, how he puts it in another uh, uh, scripture, in another, uh, uh, what do you call it now, version of that verse 9. Amen. He said, I wrote to you earlier in my, in, an, in my earlier letter that you should not make yourselves at home among the sexually promiscuous. You see that? He said, don't make yourself at home. Don't make them feel welcome. Praise God. Let's read, let me read it from another translation. Verse, uh, I wrote to you not to associate with sexually moral people. Did you see that? He said, so who is he referring to? He's referring to Christians. He said, don't keep company with them. The Bible says that you should not keep company with them. Let's read on. He said, yet not altogether with the fornicators of this world or with the covetous or extortionists or idolaters, but them must you go out into the world. In other words, he's saying that he's not saying that you should not uh, interact with 
you know, unbelievers. You have you have no choice. The only way you, that you will not have to interact daily with unbelievers, you know, even though they are sinful, okay, will be for you to leave this world. So he's saying, I'm not talking about those words. Look at verse 10. But now, verse 11, but now I have written unto you not to keep company. If any man that is called a brother be a fornicator, be covetous, an idolater, a railer, a drunkard, an extortioner, with such as one, know not to eat. Amen. So you see, Paul is telling us now, what does it mean to deliver to Satan? What does it mean to take that person away from amongst you? What does it mean to purge the old living? In other words, what he's saying is that uh, you should, what does it mean by you judging them? He's saying that don't keep company with them. Hallelujah. He's saying that you should let them know that you cannot continue to keep company with them with the persistent in their sin, in their wrongdoing. Hallelujah. How does he say that we should judge the person? He tells us that we should not, is that, is that, we should, that person is still a brother, but he said we should distance ourselves from him, we should, not, we should let the person know. Praise God. He said in verse 12, for what have I to do to judge those who are outside? That is talking about unbelievers. Okay, them that are, do do you not judge them? Do you judge them? Do not do not ye judge them that are within? So, but them that are without God will judge. Therefore, put away from yourselves that wicked person. The word wicked means twisted. That person is twisted in his mind. That person's mindset. Uh, I mean, that person is not acknowledging the truth because sin. Uh, of course, when you do not acknowledge the truth of God's word in your life. Hallelujah. That's when, when sin is the lack of acknowledgement of the word of God. Amen. So the Bible says that we should put away from or among ourselves. What does it mean to deliver a Christian to Satan? It does not mean that all of you will gather together and say, in the name of Jesus, we deliver you to Satan now. So Satan will come and destroy you. Someone will come and deal with you. Satan deal with you. No, we don't tell Satan to deal with Christians. Hallelujah. It means uh, you should not company with the person. It means you should separate yourself. You should, you should separate yourself from the person. You should let the person know. Hallelujah. Let's look at another scripture. Uh, uh, in 2 Thessalonians, Second Thessalonians chapter 3 from verse 11. Second Thessalonians. So we are talking about how do we deal with Christians, uh, fellow believers uh, who are persisting in wrongdoing, who are persisting in sin. Amen. We need to learn it because it's in the scriptures for us to learn. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now, Let's read it. It says in verse 11, For we hear that there are some which walk among you disorderly. Okay, so they are, they are, in, they are not bringing forth Christian fruits. 
they are living disorderly. Praise God. He said, but in this case, the disorderly manner means they are not working at all, but they are busy bodies. Amen. Busy bodies. You know, gossiping about, putting themselves, putting, you know, not minding their own, their, their own things and just going around, you know, just spoiling fellowship with the brotherhood and all that. He said, now them that are such, we command and exhort by the Lord Jesus Christ that with quietness they should walk. They should eat their own bread. People who are lazing around, they are not ready to walk and just and just going from place to place, begging and, uh, you know, and in the process of uh, doing all kinds of things. He said, but you brethren, don't be weary in well-doing. Now look at verse 14. And if any man obey not our word, by this epistle. In other words, uh, the Christian uh, is meant to obey God's word in the epistles, especially in the epistle. Praise God. He's telling us that we should live out our lives, bring forth fruit uh, based on the instructions uh, that we see in the epistles. He says, note that man. So if that person is a fornicator, he says, you note him. If the person is a, is a drunkard, note him. If that person is a gossip, note him. Hallelujah. If that person is not living right, he said, note that man. Don't just turn your back. Don't just look away. Hallelujah. Where it doesn't concern me. No, Paul said that uh, if we behave like that as a body, we will, it means we are puffed up. He said, note that man and have no company with him. Why? That he may be ashamed. <laughs> he says, you should not keep company with that brother or that sister, right? So that he, will, he or she will become ashamed. Now, Someone says, well, if they don't keep company with him, you'll go to another church where people will like him. <laughs> and you know that's one of the challenges we have in the body. And that other church will just receive him or her. And they will know that they have received wahala. They have received trouble. You know, a little living, living a whole lot. So we'd rather deal with it. Praise God. He says, how? By it means that, I mean, if you say keep no company, it means there was company before. It means, you know, it, you know, this can't apply to someone who doesn't have anybody in church as a friend, who doesn't talk to anybody, who doesn't associate with anybody, and all that. So if you go and meet him and say, brother, well, we are because because of this thing that you are doing, and we have asked you should, you know, you should uh, 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 not persist in it. You should you should stop it, you know, and you have refused to stop it. Sorry, we are not going to talk to you again. We are not going to keep company with you again, and all that. You know, if that person, if that person, you never used to talk to that person. You know, the person will miss it. The person will say, eh, "So, so you have not been talking to me." I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't with anybody. So that person, such a thing will not have, if may not have any effect with him. But where we have, of course, the Bible tells us that we should, we should keep the the unity of the body, the bond of peace, and all that. We actually interact with one another so much so when a brother or a sister or a group of brothers or sisters come to meet you and say, hey, 
hey, Brother Labaja, you've got to stop this thing. If you don't stop it, sorry, we will not, uh, we will cease to company with you. We will not even, we won't even eat in your house. The Bible says that so that that person, that person should be ashamed. Oh, you should be able to come to a realization that, ah, for my brethren to, 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 to say that they are going to withdraw fellowship from me, it means that this thing, I really, really have to deal with it. I need help. Look at verse 15. He said, yet count him not as an enemy, but admonish him as a brother. So which that, that person is still a brother. Praise God. You are telling that person, no, this is below your standard. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. This is not the fruit you ought to bear. You are more than this. The life of God is on the inside of you. Don't bring down the life of God. Don't come, don't bring that, don't come to the, to the level of the devil. Amen. That's what you are telling the person. Amen. The Bible says that you should admonish, admonish the person. Let's see uh, how he puts it in, uh, uh, in the NIV. Praise the Lord. Second Thessalonians in chapter 3, verse 15. It says, Don't yet yeah, do not regard them as an enemy, but warn them as you would a fellow believer. And to admonish them means to warn. Amen. Praise the Lord. To sound a note of warning to, 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 to help so that the person can see that no. You, you sin has consequences. When a Christian persists in sin, it opens the door for the devil. It opens the door for the devil. It opens the door for the devil. It opens the door for so don't don't do it. Stay from it. Move away from it. We love you so much, but if you persist in it, we may have to withdraw ourselves. Hallelujah. He said that that person should feel ashamed. That person, that believer, if that believer does not feel ashamed, one, it might have been, maybe he does not even regard the company in the first place. He never had a good fellowship. Amen. It's like, you know, if the elders in the church, they come and meet me and say, well, pastor, well, because you are doing this, 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 this and we have we said you should, you should pass notes. I mean, get out of this. I mean, get out of this. But if you don't, you know, we might stop associating with you. Ah, <laughs> it should affect me. I say, well, uh, I'm the one that God called. God didn't call you. Ah, that's rubbish. It will definitely affect me because these are, I mean, these are people I have, I have spent uh, the, the, the better part of my life with. These are my own company. From Acts chapter 4, when Peter and John, when they were let go, being let go by the proof by the chief priests and all that. Bible says that they went to their own company. We all have our company. We should have our company within the body. Praise the Lord. We should have our company, keep our company, and we should we should guard our company. So when those people who are in our company say that they are not going to associate with us again, ah, it should we should feel ashamed. Especially if they say they are not associating with us because of sin. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, let's now see what should be where this 
where do we differentiate or how do we differentiate between this action we are talking about and uh, accusations of the devil? Amen. How? How do we differentiate? Amen. The devil comes. Oh, let's look at the scripture. Second Corinthians. Let's see Second Corinthians and chapter. Second Corinthians and chapter 12. Second Corinthians chapter 12. Um glory, glory, glory to God. Second Corinthians chapter 7. Let's check chapter 7. Yeah, not chapter 12. Chapter 7. Let's see verse uh, 8. Yeah. For though I made you very sorry with a letter, I do not repent, although I did repent. <laughs> For I perceive that the same epistle has made you sorry, though it were but for a season. Now I rejoice. You know, one is say that I wrote you a letter. Yes, I wanted you to, to feel sorry. Okay? Even though it's for a season. Now I rejoice, not that you were made sorry. Listen. But that you sorrowed to repentance. Remember last week I was talking about repentance. You can cry like Esau, you know. And you can feel sorry. Feeling sorry is not repentance. Amen. What is repentance? Second Timothy chapter 2, 25 and 26. By repentance to the acknowledging of the truth of God's word regarding that matter. So he said, he said, but you sorrowed, but that you sorrowed to repentance. For you were made sorry after a godly manner that you might receive damage by us in nothing. In other words, uh, the, the being made sorry in godly manner is that that's your sorry. Don't just say, I'm sorry. No, <laughs> praise the Lord. We are so, we can say, Father, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Meanwhile, you are not acknowledging the truth concerning that matter. That's why you are not being sorry. Amen. It's not just to say, I'm sorry. Look at the next verse. For godly sorrow walks repentance to salvation, not to be repented of. Let's read verse 11. For behold, this selfsame thing that you sorrowed after a godly sort, what carefulness it wrought in you. In other words, he's saying that, come, you know, before, you know, that was, Paul was actually talking about, you know, that thing that he told them about, that, 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 that fornicator, the man that, you know, took over his father's wife. At that time, he said they were puffed up. But after he wrote to them, they began to feel sorrowful and they repented and this was the result. He said, for behold, this something, something that you sorrowed after a godly song. What carefulness is wrought in you. Yes. What clearing of yourselves? Yes. What indignation? 
Yes, what fear? Yes, what vehement desire? Yes, what zeal? Yes, what revenge? In all things you have approved yourselves to be clear in this matter. Wherefore, though I wrote unto you, I did it. Take note. Though I wrote to you, I did it not for his cause that had done the wrong, nor for his cause that suffered wrong, but that our care for you in the sight of God might appear unto you. Hallelujah. He's saying that, come, yeah, we made you sorrowful. I really, really hit you hard. You know, with those words, I use very hard words on you. Okay? So, but I didn't do it so that you will remain condemned. Amen. He said, I did it, verse 12. He said, I did it not for the cause, for his cause that had done wrong. Not that I really want to, I want, I'm doing it so I can deal with the person. Okay? Or deal with the congregation. No. He said, this is our motive. Our motive is that our care for you in the sight of God may appear unto you. In other words, love was the motivation behind what we said or did to you. Hallelujah. Did you see that? Love is the motivation. So which means that when the Bible says that we should... Uh, 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 deliver the person unto Satan, which means to, to, to separate ourselves from him, not to accompany with that person. What, what is the intent? The intent is not to show the world that, yes, this is a sinner. This is a sinner. You are sinful. Away with you. <laughs> no, 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 no. no. The, the purpose, the, the motive behind it, the drive behind it uh, should be, even though it is tough love, uh, it is the love of God uh, that is motivating, that should motivate us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah. It's the love of God that should motivate us. What should be the motivating factor behind uh, what we do for the believer when we say, let's uh, separate ourselves? Amen. From him, what, what should be? It is that we are doing it because we love the person. And we want the person to be able to get to a place of repentance truly so that he can, he can, he can deliver himself from the snare of the devil who has kept him captive at his will. Amen. In other words, we are helping the brother. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Amen. So, 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 he's saying that, I, 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 look at uh, chapter 12. Let's see chapter 12. Can Christians misbehave? Oh, yes. Amen. He said in, in verse 20, for I fear, lest when I come, I should, I shall not find you such as I would, and that I will be found unto you such as you would not, lest there be debates. Did you see that? Talking about Christians there. Said, lest there be debates, envies, wrath, strife, backbiting, whispering, swelling, tumult. Lest when I come again, my God will humble me among you, and I should bewail many 
which have sinned already. Who is he talking about? He's talking about Christians. He said, and have not repented of the uncleanness and fornication and lasciviousness which they have committed. So what is required of the Christian, the Christian should repent, amen, because we are to bear fruits of holiness and of righteousness and true holiness. We are to live right. Hallelujah. He says that, he says that we sh this should not be found amongst us. Where it is found amongst us, uh, we should uh, hand over the that person unto uh, Satan. How? By not keeping company with the person. Hallelujah. By not keeping company. Now, Well, someone says, if I, if I don't keep company with the person, you know, won't the person say, feel that we don't like him? No. Amen. The person has enjoyed our fellowship so much, praise God, when we dissociate ourselves, the person should feel ashamed. Praise God. So that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, does not mean that we condone just any anything. No. He says that with this should not be found amongst us. Because we are the light of the world. Oh, does not mean that, does that mean that uh, 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 the believer is uh, talking here, he's talking about the believer that is not even feeling sorry for what he's done. This guy is not with his father's wife. And he was not feeling sorry about it. And people, <laughs> and nobody was even saying anything. Paul said, you are puffed up. Hallelujah. Amongst yourselves, you know, we of course, we all have our various cliques in church and things like that, friends, people we talk with and all that. If there are, if we, we've got to hold, create a sense of accountability towards ourselves. Yeah. If you live in a place, if you are in a place where nobody can correct you, you are in a dangerous place. Yeah. For the Bible says that all scripture has been given for, one of the things we're given for is for correction. Amen. To cause things that are bent to become straight. So that is the one of the purposes of gathering together as brethren, we are keeping the fellowship and the testimony of the Lord Jesus Christ amongst us. And then where we see a person, amen. Now, we are talking about a person who is persistently acting wrong. Not one that just, you know, that, that fell once and all that. Amen. Because the Bible says that those of us who, who are who are strong, we, we should bear the burden of the weak, lest we ourselves we fall into the temptation. Amen. So that's how to deal with it. Now, what is it? So where therefore is the difference between the accusation of the devil and the correction from the Christian when they hand over the person to Satan, figuratively speaking? It is the attitude with which we do it. It is the attitude with which we carry it out. 
it must be with the in the atmosphere of love. The Bible says that, that person should be treated and counted not as a sinner, but as a brother. That means we pray for that brother. Amen. That means we don't gossip around with about that brother or that sister. Hallelujah. That means we begin to speak the life of God. We continue to speak the life of God to that sister or that brother. Amen. Not that we say, oh, we are going to ex uh -huh. That's the word I was looking for, excommunicate. We have to let us excommunicate him. <laughs> no, we are not in the business of excommunication. Glory to God. We are not in the business of excommunication. For someone to be excommunicated, in fact, where excommunication is, is, uh, is uh, um, recommended in the scriptures is actually when it comes to wrong doctrine. Yeah, wrong doctrines. Wrong doctrines is where there are wrong doctrines. That's when you excommunicate the person. If the person has re refuses to change, to get his mind renewed in line with God's word, hey, that person is going to pollute the whole place. So as pastors, with as shepherds, it's our responsibility to make sure, I mean, that person gets out. Hallelujah. He doesn't keep company with us. Hallelujah. So, so, how, but when it comes to the issue of sin, don't say, let, uh, let us excommunicate him, you know, so that uh, you, you know, it will not be, it will be a bad, it will not be a bad influence. No, we don't excommunicate, we correct in law, praying for the person. Oh, that brother or that sister, oh, you know, he's always, you know, he's, he's always uh, the person. The person, the person is a drunkard. The person is this, is that, you know. So, so, and we have told him severally, don't do this. Oh, no, you don't give up on that brother. Hallelujah. We don't keep company, but then we don't drive him away. No, we don't do that. We bring him into a place of condemnation of the devil. When we do that, we are joining forces with the devil. Hallelujah. But rather, we go tell him, you have done this. This is not, this is below you. This is below the nature of God that is on the inside of you. You've got to desist from it. If you don't desist from it, we will not, we will not keep company with you again. So that the person will be ashamed. So that the person will miss, when the person, when a Christian misses fellowship with other believers, Amen. It is not. It is not a simple thing. I'm telling you. The person's conscience, the person's heart, he should receive conviction in his heart. Glory to God. Amen. We are of God. We are not of the devil. We are of Him. We are of Him who redeemed us by His own blood. Amen. And we are in the we 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 are we are the church of Christ. So we are we are here to take care of ourselves. We are here to to guide to to help ourselves to grow, not to gossip about what the wrong that somebody is doing, but to help that brother, to help that sister. Very important. And the scriptures tell us 
how to go about it. Leicester will become the ones that the devil will use to rain accusations and condemnations on the person, so much so the person will lose sight of who it is in Christ Jesus. I hope this has helped you this evening. Praise God. Amen. Yeah, this, this, it's a Bible pattern you know, that, we are, that we are studying here tonight on how to handle such issues about erring brethren. Amen. Now you know better, I believe. Thank you, Father. Father, we give you glory. We give you praise. Thank you for the forgiveness that we have received in Christ Jesus. Thank you all for, 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 for we have been sanctified, made holy in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Father, for separating us unto yourself in the name of the Lord Jesus. If there's any brother or any sister that is caught up in any, in any, in any vice that is ungodly, Lord, we, we, we ask in Jesus' name for the help of the Holy Ghost for the person to be able to come out of it stronger in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father, for the, for, for, for the convicting power of the word of God in that person's heart. Oh, where that person is having a challenge on how to handle such matters. Lord, we have learned today on how to handle such. We ask, oh God, that Lord, we will be able to play a part as the body of Christ in the name of Jesus. The love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. And we are keeping the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. We declare there is no gossip amongst us. We declare there are no swellings. There are no turmoil. There are no, there are no infightings amongst us in the name of Jesus. Oh, thank you, Father. We are standing tall in the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. Thank you, Father, for your love. Oh, that is permeating every nook and cranny. Oh, every relationship in Kingsville Church. We give you praise. We uphold. We uphold ourselves in prayer. We uphold ourselves in love. We correct and receive corrections in love. Thank you, Father. Lest we fall into the snare of the devil, for we are not ignorant of his devices. We give you praise. We are lifters. We are not condemners. We are lifters. We don't pull down. None is pulled down amongst us. But we are lifting, we are lifting up ourselves up all together as brethren. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. We'll continue on Sunday. Amen. And uh, we'll round up this teaching on Sunday. Don't miss it.